to In the Word with Pastor Don Haskins, where we open up the Bible to see what God's Word says and how it might apply to our lives. Our prayer is that you allow Jesus to change you from the inside out. And now, today's lesson. joy and crown so stand fast in the lord beloved i implore Eudia and i implore syntech to be of the same mind in the lord and i urge you also true companion help these women who labored with me in the gospel with clement also and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life rejoice in the lord always again i will say rejoice and let your gentleness be known to all men the lord is at hand Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, If there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. And so again, as we've talked about in the last couple of weeks, last week we actually discussed as far as the importance of prayer. And these next couple of scripture verses, what we talked about last week was prayer. Verse 8, this week we're going to talk about it's going to be godly thinking. And then in verse 9, it's going to be talking about godly living. And so when Paul opened it up, he opened it up with the importance of prayer. And we talked about this last week about being anxious for nothing. And remember, I kept saying anxious, and John was getting anxious. He told me in men's study that Tuesday night that he was just getting anxious by the time. I just kept saying anxious, and it just the word anxious just kind of makes you anxious, does it not? I mean, you get anxious when you hear it. And so what Paul is saying is like, look, don't, don't do that. Again, there's, there's no reason to do that. Well, why? Because then he went into it and said, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Again, that we're supposed to give thanksgiving and give praise to God when we come into his presence. As we opened up in prayer this morning, just the fact of talking about that, of just being humble when we come before the God who created all things, who's given you life, who's given you even the breath to breathe this morning. That he is such a great father and a good father that so many times we just boldly and brashly come into his presence and it's like, no. And with thanksgiving, Lord, we just, I have nothing if I didn't have you. I'm able to come into your presence. And Lord, that even you created a way for me to come into your presence. It's just amazing to me. God, that you love me that much. But the important part, again, is, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. That all those requests that you have held down deep in your heart and the problems that you're going through and the struggles that you're going through, so many times the enemy just wants you just to continue to carry that weight upon in your life. And you just continue to trudge through life and you continue to walk through life and and you're not free to do the things that he's called you to do. And again, we talked about, remember, going back into verse 5, it says, the Lord is at hand, that there's, a port, there's an importance here. There's a focus that each of us should have right now. 
If the Lord is truly at hand, what is the enemy doing? The enemy wants to get us so that we're sidetracked, that we're not focused on the things that we need to be getting focused on. He said, ladies, stop fighting over nothing. Christians, stop being anxious about stuff that doesn't matter. Remember we talked about Matthew 6, 13. He says, for God so loved... Not that one. It says that whatever your needs are, just ask of him and he'll provide them for you. He will do that. He said, look at the birds in the air and the, and the flowers on the, on the field. Solomon, in the greatest splendor that Solomon had, man, he wasn't clothed as beautiful as they are. And yet I provide for them. Well, and I provide for you. God just saying, look, I will, I will take care of your needs and the things that you have in life. Why? Because that's what I do. I'm God. And I love you. And I care for you. Don't carry that anxiousness and those, those struggles that you're going through. Why? Because then you're useless. You're just so focused on the things of this world and the struggles you're going through. And then when I call out your name to do something, it's, I'm unable to do it. Why? Because of my circumstances or my finances, or my relationship. And God's like, stop it. Do, do I not love you? Is my love not enough for you? My love should be enough for you. But in prayer and thanksgiving, submit all your requests to be known to God. And what is the result of this? What is the gift of this that God gives you? And it says, then the peace of God which again surpasses all understanding, all understanding. Remember, it was a point that you could sit there and read about this. You could just sit there and try to have a head knowledge of this. But again, we talked about the importance of that. You actually had to experience this to understand this verse. You have to actually understand and experience to understand what it is to surpass all understanding. How did God give me the peace when I was going through that struggle? See, I can read about it. I can hear about your testimonies and go, hey man, praise the Lord. But until I physically feel it in my own life, that's when it's like, wow, that verse means something. See, all the head knowledge in the world can't explain the times which you have an experience with the Lord. And it's like Moses going up and meeting with God and coming down and there's just this glow about him. And the glow and the people saw it and they're like, whoa, what's, what ha- Moses, what happened? I was with God. And the same thing comes with you is with, when you have those moments with the Lord and there's just this, this glow about you and this just change about you in your life to where people see it and they're like, what, what is different with you? Oh, man, I spent time with God. I spent time with the Lord and just the things that he, he worked inside of me and he showed me and the peace that he gave me, man, it surpasses all understanding. And then God promised then too, he said, he, he will guard your hearts. And remember, this is a military term that he's physically, he's not physically, but spiritually inside of you. He's going he's gonna to guard your heart. He's going to defend it from all the enemy that's going to try to come upon you. God loves you so much that it, it's, it's, and it's, it's minds through, the Christ, through Christ Jesus. And so that was the importance of prayer, being able to come to God and, and not be anxious. Well, then Paul continues as he continues to talk to the Philippians here. And he says, and finally, and it's kind of moreover, it's, it's kind of like, like the, it's not the final thing that he's going to say again. Uh, being a pastor, he's going to continue to go on for a little bit longer. But he says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just and whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely and whatever things are good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, guys, meditate on these things. And I actually read one commentator, and he was like, you know, these don't really need to be explained too much to you to understand it. And I was like, I, I kind of disagree with you here. 
It's a guy that I really like a lot. And, and I was like, no, I think there needs to be a little bit more understanding here. Why? Because I think that there's some application points for each of our lives as we go through the struggles that we're going through and, and the hardships that we're going through that, to understand that what are we supposed to meditate on then? Paul just said, meditate on these things. Well, what are these things that we're supposed to meditate on? Well, the first thing is true. You know, if there's anything that are, that are true, well, what is truth? I mean, today, I think that that's a, a legitimate question that the world asks. I mean, there is no more truth, is there? I mean, not, obviously, as a Christian, we believe that there's a truth, but, but the world says there's no truth. Well, you, you know what? You're allowed to have your opinion. That's great, brother. Hey, sister, no, I believe, yeah, hey, you believe that? Well, that's your truth. No, it's not. That's an opinion. I mean, there still is only one truth, correct? I mean, and, and you may not agree with the, the Bible, but there is still only one truth. I mean, two plus two still equals four, whether it's common math or old school math, right? I mean, there's still four. I mean, there's still truths that will happen within the world. And so there has to be truth. Well, for us as Christians, it's, it's, it's steadfast, it's, it's loyal, it's honest, it's just, it's accurate. And well, the scripture verses that we would use is, is Jesus, when he's praying to God in John 17, 17, he declares that his word, God's word is true. So as Christians, as we look at this, we look at, well, well, we know one thing that is true. We know God's word is true. We know that it doesn't change. We know that this is, the, this is actually the words of life that we need to have every day, correct? That we can always go to the word of God and, and that's going to be the truth. Again, you might come to Kevin or Pastor Kevin or Pastor Don and you might receive some words from us, but I, I dare to tell you they're not truth always. Okay, there's a little bit of mixture of my personality or, or my desires or my sinful nature that's going to be within that. And I don't mean to, to lead you astray, but guess what? I'm a sinner. So again, as, as well-meaning as I might be, I might lead you astray. You're like, no, not you. I know Pastor Don, not Kevin. I mean, I'm just trying to be nice, but, but you know what I mean. It's, it's a point of, again, we, we come to you and we, we mean well, but it's only the word of God. And when you come to us, I'll tell you, and, and this is, I know this for a fact, that Pastor Don, too, we will lead you to the Word of God. I don't want to give you my words because I know that they mean nothing. There's, there's no value to my words. There's no, there might be comfort. There might be you know, something that I, get, I can give you on that side of it, but only the Word of God. You know, even Peter, when he talked to Jesus, Jesus said, why are you guys still here? He goes, Master, you're the only one who has the words of life. So who would I turn to? I go back to the word of God. David declares in Psalm 19:8 it says the statutes of the Lord are right. The word right is straight or true. So the statutes of the Lord are right. The, the laws that he's given us, the the guidelines that he's given us to live within our life, well that is true. I read something last night at 4 in the morning and I was awake, couldn't go back to sleep, body aching, all this weird stuff anyways. And so I was reading and um there's this guy who is is no longer, I guess, no longer walking with the Lord. He came out with a book years ago, and um, and through his great theology and his own thinking of his mind, of just kind of backtracking on some of the stuff that he had written. It was a real popular book way back when, and um, it's kind of sad because some of the things that he was talking about, it was it was he was he's backing away from the statutes of of what the Lord has taught. You know, his his book was a, a kiss dating goodbye. 
And, and so now as he's backtracking, he's separating from his wife and, and they're on this journey now and they have all these deep thoughts and, and, and ideas and of where they're at and all this kind of stuff. And, um, and I'm just not that deep of a person. I, I think you guys know that. I mean, I'm kind of like, you know, one, two feet deep, you know, kind of person. I'm not an eight foot deep person. So, you know, he, they start talking and they lose me in the, the writing. And, but the understanding that I have is, well, you're walking away from the truth of God though. I mean, you can kind of fluff it up however you want to, and you can kind of make your emotions feel kind of good, and that's just not how I see it now, and the Lord's kind of doing something. The Lord's not doing that in you. And that's the enemy that has gotten inside of your life and has helped you to walk away from what the truth is. Why? Because I know the statutes are true. You know, well, just a right way of having a relationship and 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 and. and not having sex before marriage, and, and maybe I was too hard on thinking of that way. No, that's what the Word of God says, though. I mean, it's just because you're uncomfortable with it or you don't like that doesn't mean that that's not true. There's lots of things I would love to do, but I can't because it's against what the Word of God has told me what's right and wrong. What's right and wrong. Psalm 119, 151 says, You are near, O Lord, and all your commandments are truth. Again, your commandments are truth. Everything that you've commanded me, everything that you've told me is true. I can also say that the Lord has never left me or He's never forsaken me. And anything that I've been and anywhere that I've been at, God has always been there. Ephesians 6.14, it says, Stand therefore, talking about the armor of God, stand therefore having girded your waist with truth. And it's the belt of truth. And sometimes we, nowadays we use a belt just to kind of keep our pants up, or some people do, and, and some people don't, obviously. But, but see, it's a point of the truth as far as girding. I mean, this, this illustration falls apart in modern day English. But, but back then it was, if you didn't have a belt, man, your, 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 everything didn't hold together. I mean, you went out to war and, and there's parts and, and pieces that are going all over the place. The same thing with us, Christian, is, is if you don't have an understanding of what the Word of God says, if you don't have an understanding of what the Word of God means, then how do you apply it to your life? Everything in your life then just starts becoming open and, 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 and nothing is holding together anymore. And now all of a sudden you're backtracking on, on 20 years of ministry that you had thought that you had, were, were correct in. You start walking through your life and now 20 years later you've been a Christian and all of a sudden you're like, you know what? You know what, Kevin? You're wrong. This is boring. I'm going to do something else. Why? Because, well, you're not girded up. You weren't girded in the truth, and you never were. And now you've allowed the enemy to come into your life, and, and he's just kind of led you astray. And again, it's not like he comes in with the, the, the horns and the, the pitchfork, and he's dressed in red. He doesn't do it that way. Obviously, because you'd be like, dude, you're the devil. I'm not going to follow that. All of a sudden, he just comes in and he just creeps in. And he just creeps in. And it's like crabgrass. My illustration for sin is like crabgrass. It just, it kind of looks like grass, doesn't it? Anybody got crabgrass? I hate that stuff. And it's just kind of just, it looks green. And you're like, oh, cool. Look at our yard. It's like, oh, my goodness. It's not the grass at all. It's this stuff. And it's just a big weed. And it just crawls on top of the real stuff. And it just chokes it out and kills it. And it just continues to grow and it kills out the real stuff. Well, the same thing in your life is this crabgrass, this, this sin just enters your life and it just, it just chokes it out. And all of a sudden you're over here and you're away from God. You're away from the truth. Christian, it's so important to know what you know so that you know what you know. The next thing is whatever things are noble, 
The noble word here is, and this is a test for everybody, is, is venerated. Does anybody know what venerated means? Venerated? Anybody? Bueller? Good. I am glad because I was like, what in the world? I'm like, did they spell that correctly? No, it's venerated. It's, it's to regard with reverential respect or with admiring difference. It's, it's, an, it's an inaction. It's, it's dignified. I just like the big word because it's pretty awesome. So it's the same word that we see, we see in 1 Timothy in regards to the qualifi- qualifications of, of deacons and leaders. And so again, if you're, if you're going to be a deacon within a church or you're going to be a leader within a church, well, there should be some noble aspects within you, correct? I mean, there should be some things that you look upon that person and go, yeah, I get it. That person, that person's living a right life. There's, there's some nobility within that person. There's, there's, there's dignified. I mean, again, it's, it's somebody that you'd want to look up to, correct? So whatever things that are noble that you can see. To find somebody of noble character is a great thing to find today, is it not? I mean, I don't care where you want to look within in life, whether it's business, politics, Christianity. I mean, wherever you want to look, to find somebody with noble character, it's just a breath of fresh air. It's refreshing. It's so easy then to then call, fall in behind that person and go, you know what, that person is a leader. I'm willing to follow that person. I'm willing to do whatever that person is asked, obviously within reason and not, not being contradictory with what the Word of God says. But again, it's to find somebody with noble character, you're just like, ah, just doesn't happen anymore. Where are those people at? Well, whatever things are just. And the word just here is, is that which regard for duty demands. What is Right. It's to be, it's to be upright. It's to be righteous. It's, it's keeping the command of God. It's God's eternal, unchanging standards. Believers are to think on matters that are consistent with the law of God. You see, to, to be just and to be, to be understanding as far as what that means to be upright and to be able to keep the commands of God, it means, it means more than just having just for somebody else. We look at God and say that He is a just God, do we not? Well, does that mean that He never judges anybody? Does that mean that He never has commands that He that says that you've broken those things? No. There's times in my life where God does come upon and He says, Kevin, I, I gotta correct you here. I've gotta I've gotta get you back on track because why? You're not doing things wrong. Does that mean He's not a just father at that moment? No, not at all. There's times, unfortunately, I have to, to discipline my kids. And, and does that mean that I, I enjoy that? No, but I know that if I don't, I, don't, I don't correct my kids, well, then they'll continue to go down a path that, that is not right for them, that will lead in destruction. And so as much as that hurts, but to be just means, well, I have to be upright. I have to keep the standards which, which I believe God has led us into. It's important to know that, that this just is, is, this is toward others. This isn't towards yourself. It's towards others. So Christian, how about your life? Do you think on the matters that are consistent with the law of God? Do you, do you in your mind, and again, these are, this is, again, we're talking about your, your, your own personal thoughts here, your thinking, godly thinking. I, I have no clue what any of you think. I have no understanding as far as being able to go into your brain and go, wow, I can't believe that person thinks that. I mean, I'm thankful that the Lord has not given me that gift. I mean, that would just be terrible. But you do. 
you know what goes on in your mind and you understand what goes on, what, what thought processes you're in and, and the things that you shouldn't be thinking of and some of the things that are okay to think of and, 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 and the anger that you have towards some people and the frustrations that you have and, and the, the, the immoral thoughts that you have and, and the good thoughts as well. It's not just all bad. But Christian, where, where is your thought process? Are, are your thought processes based on things that are godly? Well, to see, to be, to be just means that you are. It means that you're continuing to refine those things. And as those things pop up in your mind, as, as, as they all do for all of us, that you, you take those thoughts captive. You don't allow them to continue to run within your mind and have control over your body and your whole process of who you are as a person. I can't live like that. Well, whatever things are pure, and pure is from every fault, not just some of the faults. Pure is from every thought, fault. It's morally clean. It's the same word that we used when we were in James. James 3.17 says, But the wisdom that is from above, from above is first pure, then it's peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, and without partiality and without hypocrisy. And remember when we studied that, we said the first thing, and it wasn't by accident that he said it, that it's first pure. He didn't say, hey, you know, the, the wisdom from a God is, is peaceable, it's gentle, it's willing to yield. It's, it's also, it's, it's pure, it's, it's good fruits. No, no, he said, first, it's pure. You see, the, the wisdom of God that comes from us, from the Lord, is, is only pure. He's not able to give misled, misled advice. He's not able to, to come and, and give, you know, contradictory information. The first thing that he's going to give you is going to be pure. For God is pure. God is holy. He's unable to give you anything other than that. And so again, as we as children of, of God, and, and again, we talked about that one time too, if, if God is love and we are children of God, that the characteristics of God that, that we should have as well too, we should be love as well, correct? Again, we have to be just in that. Not everybody gets love. Everybody gets correction at times in love, all right? There's a mixture between the two of those. But it has to be pure. Your thought life should be pure. It should be corrected if it is not pure. It should be chaste in, in relationship to ourselves. Turn over to Ephesians chapter 5. <clears throat> chapter 5 of Ephesians, verse 1. It says, Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. But fornication and all uncleanliness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of things. For this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because... Of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. For you were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them, and the secret. And so again, as we continue to look at it, it's to be pure. 
And again, as Christians, as we look at this verse, you know, Paul, again, telling the Ephesians, look, you shouldn't even be walking with them. I mean, there's a point in your life where you have to, to look at those people who are doing those things and go, you know what, if I'm to be pure and I'm to be holy before God, then I can't even walk in those things anymore. There's a point where the light comes upon you and you, you, you start to understand and you start to see things in a different light and you realize, you know what, these things anymore, I, I don't want to be an idolater. I don't want to be a fornicator. So then why are you, you hanging out with those people and why are you doing those things? Why are you still walking in darkness? Christian, again, as, as we look at this, we should be pure. Again, the first thing that's the most, most important thing is to be pure. It starts with your thought life. It has to be pure. Again, I can't look into your brains and understand what you're thinking of and understand if your thoughts are not pure and your thoughts are going astray. Christian, again, today, are you walking in the light or are you walking in the dark? You see, we're all being tempted by the things that are going on in this world and, and whether it be um, lust of the heart or lust of things that you see or, or McLaren cars as Josh loves McLarens and, and, and all, it, all those things are just stuff. But are you pure? Whatever things are lovely, and, and no lovely, I'm not talking about my wife Christine here. It says, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are acceptable, whatever things are pleasing, that are sweet, that are gracious, that are generous. Isn't it great to be around somebody who is just lovely? And I'm not talking about the physical beauty of somebody. I mean, obviously, that would be wonderful too. But it's a point of somebody who is just gracious, has great thoughts, is, is wonderful towards other people. Not a, not a mean thing coming out of their mouth. Their conversation is, is positive. It's not negative. And not a fake positive again. You know, again, and we've talked about the past, but it's, it's just their, their aspect and their perspective on life is just, it's lovely. Paul's sitting here looking and saying, look, are you thinking lovely thoughts? Are you looking at your own self and are you, are you kind of looking at it and going, man, I need, to, I need to check these things. I'm just negative all the time and I'm just anxious all the time and, and rough. And well, are you acceptable? Are you pleasing? Whatever things are of, are of good report and, and these things are spoken in, in, a, in a kindly spirit and, and with goodwill to others. What is highly regarded or well thought of? As you walk with God, your, your thoughts, as a Christian again, your thoughts are raised to a higher level. Again, as, as, you, as a Christian, your, your thoughts of good report, your thoughts are raised to a higher level. It's no longer here at this status anymore. One, you're thinking of things that are great and are pure and, and that are lovely, but then you're also looking at other people to find out what are things that we can do to bless other people. You're being called to a higher level as far as what you're doing within your life. Christian, are your thoughts higher? And not higher than just these people in this room. And if I were to go to your job, are your thoughts higher than others? Do you challenge yourself to rise higher than where you're at currently? Are you somebody of good report? Well, he changes it up here now. Is as, as if there is any if there is any virtue, is, is there any particular moral excellence as as modesty, as purity? 
One commentator says that if it has virtue, it will motivate us to do better. If there's virtue within something, if there's virtue, it causes you to, to motivate you to do something better than what you would have done before. And what, how does this play out? Sometimes you get those, those negative thoughts in your life or, oh, I'm not able to do this. And then what does it do? It kind of pulls you down. It kind of just, just rushes you down to where I'm not able to do anything. I can't accomplish this. I can't go forward in this. I can't do, I, 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 I can't, I can't. Well, it's a virtue. It, it causes you to rise up above where you're at currently. Well, I am able to do that. I can get out of bed this morning and go to work, okay? It might be as simple as that, you know, for some of us. is I can get up and go to work today. You know, that was me Friday. It was just a point of just getting out of the house. I can do this. Things of virtue make you, to cause you to want to do more and want you to do better. I've told you guys before, I, I, I don't want to just do this to do this. I mean, it's great to get up here and to teach, but I want to, to make a positive influence on the, on the kingdom of God. I want to do things for excellence of Jesus Christ and, and what he said in, in Philippians 3. That's, the thing, that's the, what drives me to do more. It's the virtue that's, that's inside of me that, that makes me strive to want to do more. Again, it's not so that I have some big statue of Kevin you know, out front of some place somewhere. It's a, so when I get to heaven, people will be there because of something that the Lord put in my mouth that caused them to go that way. Cause them to see Jesus in a different light. Cause them to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. If there is anything praiseworthy, if there's any condemnation or commendation, not condemnation, commendation, we're not seeking man's praise, but we should live a life that deserves man's praise. Does that make sense? I mean, as, as we live our life, we're, we're not doing the things that we do in life to get praise from men. But again, Christian, we should be so different from the rest of the world that people should end up praising you anyways because of that. And again, as a Christian, then you would deflect that. Why? Because it's God who deserves the glory. Again, it's not me who gets the glory because again, these are talents that the Lord has given me and these are the words that God has given me to give this morning. And so again, it's not something that Kevin could even take care credit for this morning. Why? Because these are all works that God has prepared from the beginning of time for me to do today. There's anything praiseworthy. For our Proverbs 4.23, it says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. And Christian, you must protect your heart. You must protect your heart. And again, I'm not talking about protect your heart so that it doesn't get broken in a relationship or something like that. I'm talking about that your heart is the home of your thoughts. It's the home of your loves. It's the home of your emotions. It's the home of your heartaches. It's the home of everything that makes you, you. Christian, you must protect your heart. You cannot allow, not allow the enemy to have a, a free will access to be able to control your emotions, to control who you are, and to be able to come in and influence your life through your heart. He has no access and no right to be there. Christian, you must protect that. So as we go back to verse 8 and read it all the way through, it says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, Paul says to meditate on those things. 
So as you continue to walk through your life and as you wake up tomorrow morning and, and you start off your day, you're to consider, you're to take account, you're to weigh in on these items that we just listed here. And Paul says, I want you to look at these things and I want you to apply these things to your life because I want you to, to when you turn the TV on and that show that you're going to watch or that movie that you're going to watch, is it these things? Is it true? Is it noble? Is it praiseworthy? My mom and dad used to have this little card on top of their TV set. It said, uh, would Jesus watch this show with you? <laughs> Good luck today, huh? I, mean, <laughs> I don't think you can watch the news today with that thing on there. You know what I mean? So it's, it's a point of, you know, it's a point where you have to apply these things to the aspects of your life. Would Jesus be a part of the conversations that you have? Would he be part of your jokes? The coarse jesting thing, I didn't get that when he was talking about it in Ephesians, but that's besides the point. That's on Paul. But You say, Kevin, well, Paul's, isn't he shooting a little high here? I mean, Kevin, can, could, can anybody really keep these things? I mean, I, I, I look at this and I might get like, I can't even get to the second one. Well, again, in life, you can't, you can't aim low. You have, to, you have to aim higher, do you not? Well, I want to get a job one day and I want to work five hours a week. Well, no, that's not going to do anything for you. I mean, you have to have a job that you can accomplish something, right? I want, a job. I mean, I want to work five hours a week. I mean, maybe that's what I should shoot for. I want to go the other way, but it's not going to pay the bills. But it's a point where you're in your life, you have to shoot higher to be able to accomplish higher. It's amazing. I might shoot to get to this and I may never reach that, but I might reach here. Okay, so if I were shooting for here, guess where I would have reached? I would have reached here. So in your life, as God wants you to, he's, he's trying, and, and again, my, 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 my goal is not to accomplish what, what, what Pastor Don has accomplished. I don't look at man, Billy Graham. I don't look at these men. I look at Jesus. And, and that's the one that I, that I look at and go, well, what was Jesus able to accomplish? Well, Kevin, who didn't you, Doug, remember a couple weeks ago we talked about he was he's God, he was a deity, and he was there. Of course, he was up here. But yeah, but that's what I want to shoot for. Because see, I don't want to do anything that causes any shame to, to Jesus. To my Lord, I want to do nothing that causes shame to him. So again, my, my striving and my desire is to get to here. Warren Wearsby said, No Christian can afford to waste mind power on thoughts that tear him down or that would tear others down if these thoughts were shared. So again, you're not supposed to waste mind power. You're not supposed to waste your thoughts on things that either would, would, would tear you down or, heaven forbid, one of you guys see what my thoughts are and then all of a sudden now it tears you down. So that's, that's the calling that's been our life. And so as I looked at this and I, and I read the one commentator and I'm like, he's... Well, you know, these are kind of self-explained. I, I don't think so. Again, I think as, as we go back to last week and, the, and realize again that the Lord is at hand. Christian, the, the Lord is at hand. The Lord could come back at any moment. And am I doing the things and am I focused on the things that, that He has called me to do in order to get others so they can see who Jesus Christ really is? That's my godly thought process. And moving into verse 9, it says, The things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. And so this last part will be godly living. And so, well, who can do this? Again, 
Who can live the verse 8 in life? Well, Paul says, well, I, I can. Again, Paul's not saying, look, I was sinless, okay? Paul's not saying that I lived a perfect life. I was Jesus, you know, 1A. Paul's saying, no, you know of my reputation. You know of who I was. He says to, to learn is, is to increase one's knowledge. It's the, it's the teaching. Paul personally taught them. Paul personally taught this church and, and gave them the word of God. To receive is, is, received is to receive with the mind. It's by oral transmission. 1 Thessalonians 2.13, Paul speaking, he says, For this reason we also thank God with, without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it, not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. And so he said, so you received it by how? You received it. And then you applied it. And you applied it not as as the word of man, as the word of Paul or or whoever else was with me. No, you received it as it should have been, as the word of God. As the Holy Spirit was speaking through me, as this morning I pray that the Holy Spirit is speaking through me into your hearts to meet exactly where you guys need to be reached. As he comes upon you and you receive that word, not as, well, Kevin said this. Oh, no. First of all, I don't even have a book in here named Kevin. Don't, don't say anything about me. Say, it was, it was the Lord Jesus who spoke to me and said this. And you receive it as such. So it's, it's, it's to learn, it's to receive. And, and as we receive these things, just like Paul, we're to pass them on. Where as you receive the word of God, you then are supposed to turn around and you're supposed to pass it on to other people. Paul didn't take this knowledge. Remember, he had an incredible wealth of knowledge as far as Jewish history and the Old Testament. And then he takes it on with his relationship now with Jesus Christ. And it's like a complete, perfect match to have a complete understanding of everything within the Bible. Paul, probably outside of Christ, one of the greatest be able to expository on, on the Bible itself. Because Paul knew it all. It was incredible the amount of knowledge he had. And but again, it wasn't Paul that was speaking. It was the Holy Spirit through him that people were then receiving and going, wow, that was incredible. The same thing goes for you. You have an understanding. You have the Holy Spirit within you. And so when the Holy Spirit goes out from your mouth, well, Christian, make sure that it's, again, pure and noble and just and lovely and of good report. Don't just be speaking off the, the cuff and, and be using coarse language or things like that. I mean, don't, don't represent the Lord that way. Paul says, I, I didn't do it that way. You heard it and you saw it. And, and Paul's testimony from others is spoken here that they had personally seen. Well, well, Paul's life was an open book to them, was it not? Well, Paul was there and in, in, in Acts 16, he actually started the church. We talked about that. So they've seen him in that and, and they've heard word, by word of mouth, many messengers that have come and gone and, oh, Paul's here and, and Paul's doing this and he's got a great message on this. And, and, and Epaphrodites has come to them as well too. Remember, he sent them because, sent him back to them because he was sick and he's able to, to give a word to the Lord, of, of the Lord to them and to say, look, this is the great things that Paul's doing. Oh my goodness. Man, I was with Paul all the time. What a man of character. What a man of good report. Paul, whew, that guy lives it. He has an understanding and he, it's not just the words that he speaks, man. It's, it's the life that he lives that really spoke to me. That was the incredible part. I mean, yeah, Paul's preaching unbelievable, but 
man, the dude is real. Philippians 3.17, it says, Brethren, join in following my example and note those who so walk as you have had have us for a pattern. Paul again saying, look, look, use us as a pattern in your life. And yeah, I, I, again, I'm not claiming to be Christ, but what I'm saying is, man, I'm striving and I'm doing everything that I possibly can to, to walk in the commandments of Jesus Christ. I'm asking you to look upon my life. Use me as that example. This morning, I'd love to say the same thing, you know, of, of Calvary, Calvary, Calvary Chapel Christian Fellowship. Use Kevin as that example. I'm scared to do that. I'm a lot more, I don't know, I don't think I'm more humble than Paul, but I'm a lot more nervous because if I were to blow it, then I don't want to lead you guys astray. To me, it would be, again, I'd point you back to Jesus. I mean, I hope I can be that man that, that, that does that in your lives and that you're able to say, man, at least I saw Kevin. But man, I've seen too many pastors. I've seen too many Christians that I've known personally that have just fallen. And good people, good ministries, great marriages that are no longer together. And so that literally scares the hell out of me to make sure that I don't make a claim like that. Because any of us in this room is capable of any sin that's out there. Christian, where is your walk today? Is your walk worthy of somebody at your job to be able to look at you and go, that person's doing it? Parents, are you walking a walk that speaks Jesus to your kids? Even if your kids are grown? Worker, does your boss see Jesus? And boss, does your worker see Jesus? Christians, do your friends see Jesus? Does your spouse see Jesus? Does your neighbor see Jesus? See again that as we as we look through this, and again these are these are black and white letters, and because Jesus is not talking, so they're not red. So these are black and white letters for us. But again, as we we put the color on it and we put our own life in this situation, and now all of a sudden, as Paul makes this declaration, you start looking at your life and going, "Am I able to make that declaration as well? Am I able to sit there and and look at my neighborhood and and that they would know that I'm actually a Christian?" And as he walks his walk and he, he continues to, to have a, a relationship with Jesus and he lives a virtuous and a humble life, well, that points people back to Jesus. Christian, where are you at? Are there vices that you're just not willing to give up? There's the, oh, Kevin, I, I, I really like this sin. Or, Kevin, I really like this in my life. Well, again, you go over the list. You go over the list of whatever's and if, if there's. And if, it, if it's okay through that list, then you pray to God and you tell Him. But if it doesn't make the list, then I don't know how the peace of God comes upon you then. I don't know how you, you, you deal with that struggle between your, your spirit that says, man, I want to do holy things. And then your flesh that's going, no, I don't want to give this up. I don't want to give up control to, to God and, and to the Spirit because I just, I just like that. Christian, to understand what the true peace of God is, you've got to live by a spiritual life. 
You've got to give the things over to God of the flesh and just allow Him to be able to be the one that is in control. The one that gives you the peace that each one of us desires. Amen? I know I do. Thanks for listening. So, did Jesus cause a change in you today? Or do you need prayer? We'd love to hear from you. Please contact us by visiting our website at calvarychapelcf.com or call our office at 941-926-3717. That's 941-926-3717. Again, thanks for listening to In the Word with Pastor Don. 